Welcome to the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast with me, Jonah. I'm a kid who loves sports. I can talk about sports every day, all day. Think you can handle that? Then stick around for today's show. Our guest today is Harrison Ornstein, a college golfer at the University of Pennsylvania. But first, let's check out what's happening in the sports world. Well, the match was close. It came down to the wire. But still, Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson fell short against Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods. Even Tom's miracle shot from 150 yards out on the front nine couldn't save this amazing duo. In other news, baseball and the NBA are still trying to come back from this pandemic. Hockey might be the first as the Players Association agreed to a 2014 playoff when they come back. Strange news alert. Dialing Elon Musk's cell phone might not reach Elon Musk. A couple years ago, Lindsey Tucker started receiving texts and calls for Tesla and SpaceX chief executive Elon Musk. It seems AT&T randomly reassigned his own number to her. Callers assume she must work for Musk or his companies. Some callers tell Tucker that Musk gave them the number personally. I guess that explains why Musk does not get anything done. Heroes and Zeros, hosted by, by my twin brother, Gabriel. Take it away, Gabriel. Thank you, Jonah. This is Heroes and Zeros, where we look at the best and the worst of the sports world. Our first Zero of the week, it was sent in by a fan of the show. It is Redskins receiver Cody Latimer, who was arrested on five charges, which included multiple felonies, after an incident at a poker game. Another Zero of the Week is head coach Max Edwards of Miami Northwestern Senior High School. Edwards was suspended for having practice and not following social distancing and COVID guidelines. What a Zero, risking lives of teenagers and setting bad examples. Our Heroes of the Week are the University of Pittsburgh's athletic director and coaches, as well as Pittsburgh Penguins, Pirates, and Steelers, who donated $600,000 for COVID-19 vaccine research. Our second Heroes of the Week are Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, Tom Brady, and Peyton Manning for playing in the van, lifting our spirits, and raising $20 million to COVID-19 relief. That's all for now. See you next week. Now back to you, Jonah. Thank you, Gabriel. Our next segment is Unscripted. Some shows have a mystery crate or a fancy producer to give them content. Me, I have a lucky Patriots hat. I'm going to draw out some news and opinions from the week and give you my unscripted reaction. These are not just hot takes. They are in fuego. First up, who had the best golf cart at the match? I personally think that Peyton Manning had the best golf cart there because he had both of his teams, the Broncos and the Colts, on his golf cart signed by him. And he had a football on the golf cart. I thought it was really cool what he did to make that golf cart look like his own.
Next up, ESPN's Bill Barnwell ranked the Buccaneers as the best offseason. Do you agree? I really agree with that because they got Gronkowski and Brady in the same offseason. That's a big win for the Buccaneers because they did not really have a great, good quarterback for the Buccaneers. So I think that was a good upgrade for the Bucks. Last unscripted, taco or burrito. I picked burrito because for a taco, everything can fall out and it'll be very hard to eat. But a burrito, all the goodness stays inside so you can eat all of it and nothing falls on the floor. And that will do it for our unscripted segment. We have sick bio picks next. Gabriel and I would dissect the NFL schedule one week at a time. We will pick our winners for five games each week. These are ironclad picks. That's right. We are very confident. We will not change our minds or our picks, no matter what happens between now and the game. Our lawyers have asked us to let you know that you should not bet your house on our picks. This is for entertainment purposes only. We are now up to week two. Announcer, tell us the first game. The Bengals visit the Browns. Browns are favored by eight and a half points. I am picking the upset because even though it's week two, nobody will know how to prepare for Joe Burrow. I think the rookie outdoors Baker Mayfield. I disagree. Cleveland filled their holes in the offseason on the offensive line, and they will beat the new quarterback, Joe Burrow. Announcer, what is the next game? For our next game, the Denver Broncos visit the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers are favored by five. Denver's going to win this game like they have done in the past two times they have played. It's going to be a battle of young and the old. You've got old Big Ben versus young Drew Locke and Loaded. I really agree with you, Gabriel. I'm going to pick the upset. I think the Broncos will win because they have a young team, and I don't think Big Ben will rebound from last year's injuries. What is the next game announcer? The New England Patriots travel to Seattle. Seahawks are favored by three and a half points. Again, I'm taking the upset. They, the Patriots will come out in top. Because they got better protection on their offensive line to help their young quarterback. And they have one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Seahawks are going to win. Even though they did not have the best offseason, they are a definite playoff team when the Patriots are trying to play for a third wildcard spot. Announcer, what is the next game? America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, host the Atlanta Falcons. Cowboys favored by seven and a half points. Falcons will beat the Cowboys for two reasons. Cowboys have a new coach and they have not practiced yet and the season will have just started. Two, Falcons have a healthy Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. I strongly disagree. I think the Cowboys will come out in top. The Falcons, like you said, the Falcons also have not practiced in a long time. I think they will fall apart like always. Announcer, what is the next game? The New Orleans Saints 
travel to Las Vegas to play the Raiders in their first ever home opener in Vegas. The Saints are favored by four. I think the Saints would demolish the Raiders. Michael Thomas and Drew Brees are the amazing duo that will destroy the Raiders' secondary. I agree with you. The Saints will cream the Raiders. The Raiders don't even have a quarterback, and the Saints have Drew Brees. And that does it for our Stick By Your Pick segment. My guest today is Harrison Ornstein, a current college golfer at the University of Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining me today. No problem. Good to be here. So how, how are you doing during this COVID-19 virus? I, you know, I'm just trying to make it through each day. I've not been doing much. You know, the good thing is that, like, golf something that I can do. and not, not too many places I've had to close down for it. So I would definitely think that, you know, it's at least gives me something I can do other than just sit and, yeah. and play video games all day. So uh, what impact did COVID-19 have on your golf season? Uh, well, it, um, unfortunately, it cut off about a month and a half of our spring oh. season uh, for the team. So we weren't able to finish. We only we had a, a schedule of. I believe we were supposed to play five tournaments in the spring, and we only oh. ended up playing one. Ooh. So it had an impact, that's for sure. I guess you're, you're at home. So what have you been doing at home? Playing golf and playing video games. No. <laughs> and sleeping more than I should. <laughs> so how, how did you do this year in golf? I, I did pretty well. You know, golf's a really up and down sport, like, like – yeah. You'll be playing well, and then all of a sudden you'll, you'll be playing bad, and you just don't know why. Like, you, yeah. you don't really make much of a change. So, you know, definitely a little bit up and a little bit down, but I think it was pretty successful, like, all, mostly across the board. Do you think there will be a college golf season next year? It's really hard to say. I, I'm, I'm confident there's going to be a spring season. So, okay. golf, golf and college, the, we have fall and spring. Yeah. And spring is where, like, we'll, we have the Ivy League championships. The NCAA championships, for instance, are all in the spring. I'm pretty confident there's going to be a spring season. Fall, it's hard to know because, I mean, you have to travel to tournaments, and at this point traveling is not looking super great. So it's, I don't really want to say anything, like try to make a prediction until I know for sure, but it, it's hard to know at this point. Yeah. I am a junior golfer. And you were. So what was your favorite memory from that? I've done with a lot of good memories, but I think some of my favorite memories kind of came like playing tournaments. I I traveled around Florida for a while and around the country and even out of the country a couple times to play tournaments all over. And I kind of ended up making like a pretty good friend group of like a lot of different players from a lot of different places like kind of different people I definitely wouldn't have met otherwise. Yeah. I think it's like it's pretty cool to have like a group of people that you you just kind of see and you know sometimes still talk to today. So you've been playing golf for a long time. Do you have any good tips for someone who wants to play in college? Um I guess my my biggest tips and I, I don't think I can limit it to just one. I I'll probably say a couple things. Hmm. Um, if you're, if you're trying to make the leap from like a, a good player to like an, uh, you know, a per se elite player, yeah. 
obviously you've got to practice, but I think just standing there and practicing, obviously you need to put hours into it. Yeah. But I think it's important to be meaningful with everything you do. So for instance, you should have a goal every time you step like onto a, onto a, a course or a, or a range, for instance, you should kind of understand where you are and what you need to work on. Okay. So for me, like I, I was a really bad short putter for like a lot of my life. And, and I kind of like, maybe it was freshman or sophomore year of high school. I sat down and I would hit, I had a circle drill that I would do every single day. I spent, I, I would spend basically at least an hour every day for months to fix my short putting. And I was able to become, I'm a pretty good short putter now. And that took me a while to do, but just knowing what you, what, where you're at and what you need to improve, I think is really important. So you were the captain of your high school golf team for three years. What was it like going from high school to college? High school to college, it's definitely, it's definitely a, a huge change. Because, you know, obviously local, coming from, like, from local places yeah. where I was, I mean, we had a pretty solid team, but I definitely felt like, like I was one of the better players in the area for a long time. And I kind of grew up with, like, um, the, I mean, being captain and all, like the captain and yeah. like, set and all that. And then kind of you, you go to this huge school in a place you don't know with people you don't know. And, you know, suddenly you're not a big man on campus. anymore. <laughs> and I think that's, it's definitely a little bit to get used to, yeah. um, you know, having a, a, a coach and an older teammates that you need to like, and something that I've learned from being a captain as well as not being a captain is, you need to take what other people say and take that into account and like learn from them. I think you can learn it both as a captain. You can learn from younger kids and as a younger kid, you can learn from your captains. Now I'm, I'm doing a little bit of both now. Yeah. So I, it's definitely, it was definitely a change though. So how was it balancing being an athlete and a student at the same time? Hard, hard at times. Um, uh, that's definitely if I like what you asked me about advice about becoming a college golfer. Yeah. If you want to play in college, that's the main thing. Obviously, different schools are different, but I would say across the board, you have to learn how to manage time because yeah. you know it's it's easy in high school. You know your parents are there. You don't have that much for you. You you're like you've got like a set thing. You go to college and all of a sudden there's parties every weekend. You know, you, you can be doing a whole multitude of things that you probably shouldn't be doing. Yeah. And you need to really, and you don't have parents to tell you what to do. You have to learn to do everything yourself. And especially for me, because uh, going to University of Pennsylvania, it's a pretty intensive school. Yeah. So I had a lot, I mean, I had at times a lot of homework. And I had to learn when am I, when I sit down and do what homework, you know, when am I going to go practice? And I think it helps me on the team. We have like set times to practice. So I kind of had to work some things around that during season. I'm lucky enough to have a coach that's pretty accepting of like, yeah. if you have a lot of like an essay due the next day, I could tell my coach, I'm like, coach, you know, I, I'll go to practice, but I've got a lot of work. I got a big test tomorrow. Yeah. And I just, you know, hit the books while everyone's practicing today. And my coach didn't have any problem with any of us doing that. So definitely have to learn how to 
make your time work and be diligent with what you're doing when you're doing it and kind of set times like, okay, five to seven on Thursday night, I'm going to do this and I'm going to finish that. And then once I'm done with that, I'm going to do this and I'm going to finish that. And then I'm going to get a little bit of work on something that's due next week. And you you have to really set times for everything. So why did you choose pen? Um, that's another, it's a, a question with a lot of answers, but I, I guess Penn kind of first came on the radar because my dad went to Penn. Oh. He didn't play golf, but that was so like growing up, it was kind of like a place like I heard, oh, Penn, you know, like I would hear a lot about it. Yeah. And then, so it was kind of in my mind. And then when I got to the point where like, I'm like, wow, I could actually maybe play college golf. That's something that I want to do. You know, you go to tournaments and there's all sorts of, coaches and recruiting processes and all kinds of crazy stuff and during this time like, I definitely just start thinking about college sooner than people that aren't athletes and I think all athletes would probably understand that because you know I know people that are recruited that are getting recruited and committing freshman and sophomore year of high school wow. which is crazy and you know, I wasn't that early I was I was summer after junior year because oh. um so it was but I that's when I committed but I was, you know, going through the whole, I was taking visits in sophomore year and going to different places. And um, I got, I actually had the opportunity to talk to my coach pretty early on, right as he got the job at at Penn. And he had been introduced to me through a mutual friend that I'm lucky enough that to have some sort of contact with that. And we talked on the phone for a while and feel like we kind of hit it off. And I went to visit campus and I really loved the campus. It was a great environment. It was, it was a place where I felt like I could really balance like trying to be the best I could at golf while also trying to, you know, get the best education I could, you know, letting golf take me as far as I possibly can, but making sure I have the backing of an education as well. And okay. no, I think that was probably the ultimate reason why I made the decision. So do you have a plan to play golf beyond college? Um, I'm going to say I don't have a plan to not play golf beyond college, if you know what I mean by that. So uh, there's a lot of good players out there and making it's hard to be frank. There's, it's really hard. So I'm not going with the mindset of like, that's the only thing I want to do in life. Cause I know it's difficult. That being said, I would love to get to the point where I'm good enough that I could do that. Yeah. Right now, I don't think I'm there. But okay. I think, you know, I've got three more years of college. I'm going to finish college and I'm getting a degree. That's that I know. If I, if once I graduate and I feel like I could do that, um, it's definitely an option I would consider taking. And even like, even if I just wanted to play like a couple like mini tour events and amateur stuff for like a year or two once I graduate. Yeah. That's definitely something I could do. And even as, even if I get a job, I still feel like down the road in 10 or 20 years, I might, I could still be good enough to play amateur, not, not for money, but play various amateur events with other good players and, you know, always have that like experience to be able to do that. Yeah. So, what do you wish you knew in high school about college or golf before going into it? 
Um, college golf is a mess. That's my biggest thing. And if anyone knows, you know, if you play tournaments in high school or middle school, you know, it, I played a lot of AGG events, and I'm those are really, really, really good tournaments. Okay. If you're trying to play college golf, there's a lot of coaches that follow it. It's well known. There's a lot of good players that play it. So I guess I started playing these events like probably freshman year of high school. Got it. So in, in AJGAs, you stay at a nice hotel close to the course. You show up an hour and a half before your tea time. You get a nice breakfast. Wow. You, know, you, hit, you hit as many range golf balls on the range as you want. What? You, know, you go out for like a nice round of golf. You, know, <laughs> you, you play 18, you're done with it. In college, you know, you're up until midnight doing homework the night before. Yeah. And then you're waking up at 6.30 in the morning. You're showing up to the course. There's a 1,000 people on the range. So you hit, like, they'll give you one range spot for five people on your team. You hit, like, 10 range balls and then, like, a couple putts. Go out at your 8 o'clock tee time. You know, you play 18. You get, like, a quick lunch. Like, they give you, like, a sandwich and you eat it on the go. And then you go play your second 18. And then, you know, it's inevitably 45 degrees, raining and windy. Mm-hmm. And the course is in bad condition because there's a thousand people playing in front of you that are like hit, taking divots and like walking around on the greens. Yeah. And, and you know, you're tired from playing 36 holes and, <laughs> and you know, it's, and you're waiting because college golfers play so slow. And I could talk for hours about that. College golfers play <laughs> so slow. And so you have to learn, like, it's a mess. That's my biggest thing. College golf is a mess. And I'm, I, I'm sure it's different. It's definitely different in different places. I've had experiences that weren't, but I've had experiences that were. And you kind of have to get to the point where you understand how to get the ball in the hole, even yeah. if you're not really playing your best golf. Okay. And I think that, and there's a lot of things you could do to kind of prepare yourself for that, like in terms of drills on the course, like in, when you're younger. Got it. Get used to the idea of, you're not going to be in the, in the middle of the fairway and then the middle of the green on every hole. If you are, you're a phenom. That's really impressive. But you have to be able to, you know, at the end of the day, get the ball in the hole as fast as you can. Yeah. So I appreciate you coming today. As you may know, we asked every guest to take a rapid-fire quiz. Clear your mind. Don't think in fast answers. Are you ready? All right. Let's do it. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Inside or outside? Outside. Car or motorcycle? Car. Chair or couch? Couch. Football or football? Football. Pool or beach? Pool. Netflix or Disney Plus? Netflix. Hot dog or hamburger? Hamburger. Good job. Let's go. I think I answered those pretty well. Yeah. And finally, for my listeners out there, what is your highest score in bowling? I'm a terrible bowler. Hmm. <laughs> um, uh, probably in the range of like one, 110. That's not so bad. Something around there. <laughs> that, that might be giving myself you know, a little bit of a boost. We'll, yeah. we'll call it 110. <laughs> we'll call it 110. <laughs> something like that. Thank you for joining me today, and I, I was very happy to talk to you.
Thanks. I had fun. It was good talking to you. Thank you, Harrison, for that amazing interview that made me want to play college golf, too. Now, what would sports talk be without lists? Bupkis, so here are my lists of the day. Top 5 Sports Shoes Number 5, Under Armour. Every shoe I buy from them, they fall apart easily. Number 4, Converse, because they have an interesting logo. Number 3, Adidas. Love the logo and all the soccer sponsorships. Number 2, Nike, because they have contracts with all different sports figures and make really cool looking shoes. Number 1. A.O. Jordans, because Jordan was the king of basketball. I love his shoes. I want to be like Mike. All right, that does it for this edition of Little Man Big Mouth Podcast. Check out our next episode when it drops. Till then, see ya. You can find the Little Man Big Mouth podcast on your favorite podcast service. Listen, subscribe, and review to let others know how much you love the show. You can also follow us on Instagram, Little Man Big Mouth Show. This has been a Hefeweizen podcast production.